Welcome again to the Arlington Baptist Podcast. I'm grateful that you are joining me today, and we are just days away from the wonderful celebration of the Lord's birth. This Christmas season is just amazing. I recorded earlier a episode about the wonder of Christmas, and I wanted to give one more episode uh, before the Christmas holiday, and then after the first of the year, I'll pick up the series I had been doing called What's Happening. And this is the last episode of this year. I won't have one next week. I'll give you a break, and I'll be taking a break myself. But I wanted to bring you one more uh, message on the Christmas story. You know, there's so many amazing parts to this story. I mean, literally, you could preach every year, and I have as a pastor. I've, you know, a pastor to church for 16 years up in, in Ohio and been at this church here for 10 years now, and uh, every Christmas nearly, I've preached on Christmas themes, as most pastors do. You never run out of material, and uh, you always have to think of what not to preach on or what to leave out. There's so much to pick from. But I thought today I'd give you one more episode on the Christmas theme and speak about one of my favorite parts of the entire story of Christmas. It's a fascinating element, and it's what I call Bethlehem Star the star that shone over the place where Jesus uh, was born and brought the wise men to where Jesus was. So let me begin by reading a part of the story at least, and I'll go back and refer to it, of course. But I'm reading from Matthew's account now in chapter number two, and I'm just going to get right to the events of the star that I want to talk about. It says in Matthew 2, verse 1, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, In the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily or secretly called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense, And myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. (coughs) Now, this story of the star, I call it Bethlehem Star, is one of the most intriguing and amazing aspects of this entire story. There's so many. Uh, people and events and and things that God moved to bring this whole event of his son being born into the world. 
But I want to talk about this star. Now, even to this very day, the star of Bethlehem, as I call it, is still a very debated part of this story. Scholars, historians, even astronomers debate uh, what the star was. Some claim that it was just a regular star that happened to be appearing brighter in the sky at that time of the year, that it could be viewed by uh, parts of the world that maybe it wasn't able to be viewed earlier. Uh, others claim that it was a rare lining up of planets with Earth, uh, with this Earth and Sun to create a view uh, of this star that could not be seen at other times. Um, some say that it was entirely a new star created by God just for the purpose of fulfilling this mission of leading these wise men to see the Christ child. And in some speculate, and I kind of fall into this camp, I think it was really a supernatural uh, star, a supernatural light, much like the glory of God that shone on the creation in the first three days before even a sun, moon, or stars were created. But no matter what it was, we know this star plays a very prevalent part in this story. Now, these wise men are so intriguing. They're called magi in some of the, the newer versions. The King James calls them wise men. We don't know a lot about them. They enter this story. Their, their story is contained in only these 12 verses, and then they're gone. We don't hear from them again in the pages of Scripture. We don't really know who they were. It says they came from the east. We're not sure about that either. Some speculate that they were Jews that were living in the in the former Persian Empire, uh, the former Babylonian Empire. I happen to think that's probably likely. It seems most likely that these men, and by the way, there wasn't just three for sure. We call them the three wise men because they brought three gifts, but it never says there were only three. It just says there were three gifts they brought. Could have been more than that. But nonetheless, I think they probably were from maybe some place uh, in the Persian or Babylonian empires formerly. Because remember, the Jews were taken into captivity. Uh, the people of Judah were taken into captivity. Finally, in 586, the, uh, 586 BC, the temple was destroyed and the captives were taken. Among them was Daniel, Ezekiel, some others, of course, uh, thousands and thousands of others, actually. Uh, but only a small group came back to Israel and uh, resettled the land of Judah uh, in the uh, around 538 in that area. But anyway, by the time of Christ, there's Jews living, of course, in Israel. The, the Jewish people are living in Galilee and Samaria and Judea in what would be then called Israel. But many, many Jews had stayed in Persia and in that area of the Middle East that today would be called Iran, would be called Pakistan, Afghanistan, all these areas over there. And probably these wise men came from that area. Now, it's my opinion, and many scholars agree with this, but there's some, some who don't, and that's fine. People have various ideas. We can't be sure, but I'm of the opinion that they were Jews because I think they had been studying the Old Testament. I think it was from the prophecy of Daniel especially, uh, who was a prophet in, in Babylon, from where these men probably were from, that in Daniel's prophecy in chapter 9, it's one of the most amazing Old Testament prophecies that you can read. 
he predicts the exact time frame of when the Messiah would be born. Now, I don't have time in this message to get into it. I have talked about it in other prophecy series and lessons, but I could tell you that I think they had saw the prophecy of Daniel and then, of course, were led to, to read the prophecies of Isaiah, uh, Micah, Ezekiel talks about the prince as well, and, and we know the Psalms refer to him. I think they knew he was going to be born, but yet... To the exact place, the exact time, God had to aid them. God had to help them. And I think that's why the star was brought to appear in the sky. Now, time frame is very important to this story also, because I'm of the opinion that by the time the wise men get to where Jesus is and they meet him and offer him these special gifts, it is not at the night that he was born. Now, I hate to to kind of pop your bubble or rain on your parade, so to speak, but many of the modern nativity scenes, and I love nativity scenes, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of nativity scenes, but many of them have the, the wise men, uh, the three wise men, as they claim, they're at the, the, the stable, the cave where Jesus was born uh, to Mary and laid in a, in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. We know the whole story. Um, but I'm of the opinion that this text would indicate that it took them perhaps as long as two years, maybe at least a year, for them to get there to where Jesus was. Uh, if you remember the text I read, it says when they came to see the, the child, he was in a house. And when they were coming to the house, verse 11 said, they saw the young child, not the infant, not the baby, the young child with Mary. So I believe that God... If you read the text, it seems to indicate, now the Bible is concise, it doesn't give us every detail of every story, but I think the, the text indicates that God put the star in the sky on the night of Jesus' birth. It may have been the same glory that we saw the multitude of the angels appear, and, and when they spoke to the shepherds, as I brought out in our previous episode from Luke chapter 2, that famous text, but uh, that light of those angels may have been the same light that this that this star uh, shined with. I'm not sure. I think it was a supernatural star, a supernatural light, perhaps the glory of God itself. But anyway, it was that appearing of the star that got those men to leave their homes in the east and travel. Now, I don't think it appeared before his birth, so I don't believe they got there on the night he was born. It, it, it just wouldn't make as much sense. Uh, the star appearing the night he was born would make a whole lot of more sense to how the story uh, unfolds, and then they make their journey there. And how amazing then when they get there, we know what they did. Can you imagine? Back in the days of Christ and the New Testament period, children were the least respected. They were the lowest on the totem pole of respectability, of status. Um, children are just, to, you know, they were to not be uh, there to be seen and not heard, as they used to say about children. Uh, they weren't that important to most people, but this child surely was. Can you imagine at least three men, maybe more, come with these very expensive gifts and they bow before him? The text says they, they fell down and worshipped him, a little child, maybe at this time a year and a half, maybe two years old, a little toddler. And yet they worshipped him, recognizing clearly by God's Holy Spirit and his divine direction that this was the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Wow. 
Well, the story ends that they go back to their home. They they left Israel, didn't go back to talk to Herod, who desired to kill the child, but they went back and we never hear from them again. But I have to believe they had an impact. I have to believe that they went back to probably Persia or in that area in the Middle East, told their families about the Christ, and there was other Jews already there and maybe shared this messianic message with them. Um, with the departing of the wise men, comes the departing of this mysterious star. It never shone in the sky again. It would no longer be needed, really. After they saw Christ, and by the way, that star was so unusual. I don't know any other star that it says it moved. It says, And when they heard the king, they departed. Lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. That's no normal star. It was moving to direct them. But after it did direct them to the Christ, once he had been born and once they had seen him and worshipped him as, as the Messiah, the star disappeared. And all we have left is the intrigue and, and the infatuation and curiosity about this star. Well, with all that we can't be sure of with the star, and I've already kind of hinted at there's a lot of debate and intrigue about it, I do know some things that I want to talk to you about with the star, some things that we can say for sure about that star. What kind of star was the star of Bethlehem? Well, first of all, it was a star of revelation, a star of revelation. Revelation means God wanting to reveal himself to the world. Do you know that our great God, the creator God, has always wanted to reveal himself to mankind? That's one of the great things about God. He reveals himself to us. Now, we have to open our hearts to him. We have to see his revelation. We have to be curious and seek him. The Bible says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. If a person chooses to reject God and goes off in the darkness of their sins, they can do that. You can read Romans 1. It'll explain that well. But God wanted to reveal himself to the world through Christ. And this star was revealing where Christ was. I'll tell you, God is still revealing himself today through his word, the Bible, through churches, through individual Christians, uh, through uh, the written page, through now technology on the internet and, and TV and radio and all the other means by which God is getting his truth to people. This star of revelation and Bethlehem's star was, was just one of many ways that God was pointing people to him, that they could come to him. Well, not only was this Bethlehem star a star of revelation, but it was also a star of radiance, a star of radiance. Oh, there's no star that was like this star. Now, all stars are beautiful. There's nothing to compare to going out in the country away from the city and go out on a clear night and look up into the sky. It's an amazing sight. The innumerable stars, there's more than can be counted. But there was no star like this star for radiance. I said, I think it was a supernatural star because it was supposed to point people to a supernatural being. God in human flesh was born that night. And God in human flesh was in that house that day when those wise men get there and worship him. This was such a serene and peaceful star. It was a star that did not scare people. It wasn't a, a horrific sign in the heavens like a thunderstorm or lightning or something like that. It was a star that shined so beautifully and hovered over. It says it, it stood over where the young child was. Wow. A star of radiance. How beautiful. 
Thirdly, we can say that it was a star of royalty. A star of royalty. You remember when those wise men got to Jerusalem when I read to you from Matthew 2? It says they went to Jerusalem because that's where they expected that a king would be born. Jerusalem was the capital city. It's where the temple was. It was where all the, the religious bigwigs, where the high priest served and, and so forth. And they thought, surely if a king of the Jews is going to be born, he must be born in, in Jerusalem. But no, they were mistaken on that. They had to be directed just about six miles away from where they had come to Bethlehem. See, that star had to direct them. That's why I think it stood supernaturally over Bethlehem. It's not that far from Jerusalem, but far enough that they needed to know, you're in the wrong place. You guys need to go to where that star is hovering over the house. It's amazing, by the way, I should have mentioned, but that Joseph, who's such an unsung hero in the whole events of the birth of Christ, but he was an amazing man. And how that Joseph, remember he was warned right after the the babe was born, according to, to Luke's gospel, uh, or actually, it's actually in this gospel account too, um, that he was warned to flee into Egypt, right? And so he flees into Egypt, and, and there uh, he keeps the child. But we know that the child there is in Bethlehem, uh, and we think that he spent some time there in, in, in Egypt and then back in Bethlehem again. But God had him there at the right time because Joseph would not move until God directed him. God had to direct Joseph. Hey, when the child is born in Bethlehem, even though Mary and Joseph were living up in Nazareth and they would eventually take Jesus up to Nazareth, Joseph does not leave Bethlehem. And he may have been there a year, maybe a year and a half before the wise men get there. He's a carpenter. He can make a living. He was working a job probably, making a living to take care of his, his family, his little family with one child so far. But he'd have others by biological means later. But what I'm saying is it's amazing that Joseph obeyed God and stayed in his place because if he would have went up to Nazareth, that wouldn't have been where the wise men would have found the Christ child. See, they only had to go six miles away from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. And the star of royalty teaches us that Christ, he came from the line of David. Jesus was a Jew. Anti-Semitism, hatred of the Jews and hatred of Israel is against God. It's against Christianity. We Christians love the Jewish people. We love Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And Jesus was a Jew. He was born of the line of David. And he was born royalty. And you see that by the fact these wise men bowed before him and offered him the most expensive royal gifts, gold, the majestic metal of ancient and modern times, frankincense, the most precious of all uh, herbs, and myrrh, myrrh, the most bitter of herbs, that which signified death. But going on, let me go on to Let's talk about this star. Not only was it a star of revelation and of radiance, of royalty, it was a star of reverence. It was a star of reverence. It led them to worship. I'll tell you, when you come to know Christ, like this star led these wise men to Christ, you will reverence Him. You will worship Him. You will love and adore Him. He is God. He is to be praised. Remember the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt have no other gods before me, Number two, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. God wants us to worship him because he's worthy of it. 
And that worship excites and thrills our hearts. As you worship God, you'll be enamored and, and, and totally thrilled and exhilarated by that worship. And that's how these men were. They came and that star led them to Christ. Jesus said himself in his ministry, The Father seeketh such to worship him in spirit and in truth. And I'll tell you, these men knew the Christ was being born there and were led by God to worship him. What a star of reverence. Well, I could say it was also number five. I'm just listing these things about this star of Bethlehem. It was a star of reconciliation. A star of reconciliation. Remember I referred to, <coughs> excuse me, the myrrh. Of the three gifts that the wise men gave, the most interesting is myrrh. I said it's the most bitter herb, but I, I didn't tell you yet, I saved it for now, that myrrh was used primarily in burial. In Jewish burial, and probably other peoples of the world used it for that, they would use myrrh and as they mummified the dead with strips, strips of cloth that they would wrap around, they would solidify, and they would put myrrh along with aloes and other, uh, other ointments, other fragrances in those burial cloths. But when they gave him this myrrh, no doubt it, it was personifying, it was picturing something. And, and we know from Luke's account, let me, let me dovetail into Luke's account, when Jesus is born and, and as, as he's eight days old, they take him to the temple to be circumcised and to give his name. You remember the great story of old man Simeon? I won't speak of the whole story, but Simeon the old man takes the little baby Jesus up into his arms and he praises God and, and he refers to him as the Messiah and the promised Savior of, of Israel and of the world. But what's really important is when he gets to the end of his statements, the last thing he says is he no doubt looks to Mary. And it says, And Simeon blessed him and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. And then he says these words, Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. You know, that sword, it would pierce Mary's heart. Remember, Mary would have to stand there literally and watch her son as an adult man, 33 years of age, dying for the sins of the world. Indeed, this star was a star of reconciliation proven by the gift of the myrrh that these wise men brought. Well, it was also a star of reformation. It was a star of reformation. One of the great statements made this entire story of the wise men and the star of Bethlehem is the last statement in verse 12. Remember as they were warned of God not to go back to Herod because he sought to kill the child? Listen to this statement. They departed into their own country another way. Now, of course, it meant another direction so they wouldn't have to retrace their same steps and maybe be caught by Herod or discovered by Herod's soldiers or whatever. I know it means that literally, but I'm talking about it means something more than that. It means they were reformed. They were transformed. When they went back home and told their families and friends and whoever else they could, I'm sure this star reformed their entire lives because this star pointed to Christ. Jesus had changed their lives. See, that's what salvation does. The Bible teaches when you're saved, you're changed. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. See, that's the beauty of 
this reformation. Our lives are reformed by Christ. We don't do it ourselves. It's not turning over a new leaf. When we repent, we're led by the Lord to do that. We're convicted by the Holy Spirit of our sins and we turn from them. We're sorry over them and we turn to Christ. That's a work of God, but it's a work we surrender to, we submit to, and we're changed. I believe those wise men were changed. This star was part of their reformation. Well, I must say it was also a star of reproach. A star of reproach. Well, I've already hinted at this, but let me summarize what I'm saying here. Isn't it tragic that they come to Jerusalem and they ask, where is he that is born king of the Jews? And no one knows. Did you catch that? No one knew what to tell them. No one knew what to tell them. It was only God who ultimately has to be the one who reveals his son to all of us. Only God through this majestic, miraculous star showed where the Christ was. See, it was a reproach. The rest of the city, by this time now, I said Jesus was maybe a year to two years old. He's been born. The, the shepherds had went on the night of his birth and came into the city and probably told others. And no doubt Bethlehem is not far from Jerusalem. And we think that the Bethlehem shepherds raised the sheep that were sacrificed at the temple in Jerusalem. They had a lot of interaction. What I'm saying is there's no reason the people in Jerusalem should not have known that the Christ had been born. But they rejected it. That's what reproach is. You remember when Isaiah wrote of Christ? in his amazing prophecy in, in Isaiah 53 and speaking of his upcoming death, but I want to read it just so that you hear it again. It's an amazing passage. Isaiah says of Christ, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. I'm just saying that this reproach began even when Jesus was a babe, a little child. The city of Jerusalem and all of its religious uh, ceremony and tradition, which is by the time of Christ very unbiblical and evil and, and hip, hypocritical. All of these Big wigs in Jerusalem, the priest, the high priest, King Herod. Uh, they didn't even know where he'd been born. They had to go ask uh, the scribes, and at least the scribes knew the scripture, but where were they at? They should have been seeking the Christ child too. What reproach still today, even though this beautiful celebration called Christmas comes around every year and it's amazing and it touches so many hearts. Still, the world, for the most part, has rejected Christ. The reproach of Christ is still upon most of the world. Well, let me move on. I'm almost done. I, I talk about this star being a star of reminder. A star of reminder. This star, in its glory, its majesty, was to picture Christ. He is the light of the world. A star is a light set in a dark setting of, of nighttime. And that's, in a sense, a beautiful summary of what Christ came to do. He is the light of the world, the light that shines in the heart of all who believe on him. This star was to remind us who he is. He is the light, that if all men will come to him, they can be saved. And isn't it amazing that the last words uh, that Christ gives of himself, describing himself in the, in the Bible, 
It's a, these are his words in Revelation 22 and 16. Listen to what he said of himself. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Isn't that great? His last description of himself. Not his last words. He'll say later in verse 20, surely I come quickly. But his last description, summing up himself, I am the bright and morning star. He came when, and created the stars on day four of the creation. He's God, he's the creator. He used this majestic star to announce his birth and to stay in the sky to direct these wise men to where he would be. And yet the very last thing he says of himself, and this is the end of time and all eternity, he is the bright and morning star. Well, that brings me to my last point, of the star of Bethlehem. It's a star of rejoicing. It's a star of rejoicing. Boy, I love when it says that these, these wise men, when they left, uh, it says they rejoiced with exceeding great joy when they saw the star. Well, you might say that star is synonymous with Christ. Every one of us who sees Christ through the eye of faith, when you come to trust Him and live for Him and follow Him and love Him, your whole life is filled with joy. See, the star is still waiting for you to come. You can be saved, friend. If you're listening to my voice and you've never had a time where you saw your sins, you were convicted of your sins and saw that Jesus Christ was the answer to bring you forgiveness with God and a new life, you could come to Him like these wise men came to worship Him. Come to Him and repent of your sins and put your faith in Him. The Bible says you will be saved. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That's what Jesus said. And friend, let me end by saying this star of Bethlehem is an amazing part of this story, but it's all part of the whole idea that Jesus came to save the world, to save you and me. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Is all we can say is we rejoice in him, our Lord. Well, thank you for listening. I pray that you and your family will have the most wonderful and spiritual Christmas holiday. It's just a few days away, I know, but I hope you'll enjoy it and contemplate Christ. Follow him with all your heart. One day we're going to see that great star, the bright and morning star again. Jesus Christ is going to come again. I'm so excited for that coming. Thank you for listening. Remember our motto. Conviction for truth, compassion for people. God bless you.